close so close to making it three in a row for the kraken that's right Afro. we were very close tonight um here you can you can be in it a little bit if you want um we were we were so close tonight i mean look kraken continue to rack up points that's really solid especially now that they you know are kind of back into that wild card chase Every point is going to matter, especially on a night where a lot of the people in and around the chase with them all were able to pick up at least a point. So um, that's still a positive. Kraken did a great job of scoring late to get back in this one. They opened up the scoring. LA Kings are a really, really good team, right? And the Kraken looked like they could hang with them. They did hang with them. So all of those things are positives as we kick off Emerald City Hockey's post-game live here tonight, presented by Flatstick Pub. Now, I was at Flatstick Pub, as everybody knows, for the Apple Cup. And I that was a very kind of back-and-forth style game. And so I got to see the two fan bases going back and forth and having a good time and jawing at each other and all that good stuff. And I can only imagine what it's like for a Kraken game that goes to overtime, that goes to a shootout where multiple people are scoring on both sides in the shootout. It goes to nine rounds. I have to imagine it was an electric atmosphere at Flatstick Pub. So I just I got to give them the shout out because I'm telling you, everybody, it got to be a fantastic place to go and watch a Kraken game. I will find out soon. Hopefully it's kind of hard because I have to do this. It's hard to find out. Uh, but I, I seriously go check out Flatstick Pub. They are fantastic. All right. So uh, we'll get into some stuff here uh, in just a second. Uh, I'll get to the Super Chats. Well, I'll get to the Super Chats first. I was going to say something else, but I, I'm going to get to the Super Chats first. We've got Chip kicking us off here. I don't care what the standings say. I'm calling that a W. It was embarrassing for the Kings, given how many opportunities we gave them. Lots of emotions right now. Uh, yes, I mean, look, it's a lot of emotions. Go to a nine-round shootout. There's going to be a lot of emotion, lots of things going on, right? It's it's a big deal. But also the fact that, look, the Kraken came back late in this one, right? Bjorkstrand gets that goal with about two and a half minutes left. That's absolutely huge. It was a fantastic power play. Pardon me. Power play goal from Oliver Bjorkstrand. He looked fantastic. Riker Evans picks up another point on it. Just saying. Uh, that's great to see. So, yeah, there was a lot of ups and downs in this one. We'll get to the penalty talk because I know that that's coming. And that's really what I was going to say a second ago was just like I was just going to kind of get everybody ready. Like, look, I'm I'm not happy with the way Vince Dunn or Will Borgen handled themselves in, in those two instances. Uh, so just know ahead of time where I'm coming from and and what I'm going to have to say about it because I know both uh, RJ over on Twitter and me on Discord we both were involved uh, a lot of people have different opinions on on those plays so I just want to get that out there uh, right away but yeah I think you nailed the chip lots of emotions right now from this one Seth with the super chat this donation is dedicated to Joey Decor jo Joey's playing so well these last couple games right since Grubauer got hurt and has been out Joey has just totally taken charge. He's looking fantastic. Let me see. What was his what was his um save percentage tonight? 947. So his save percentage is just gonna keep growing, just keep getting higher. I mean, he is just playing fantastic right now. Seth, absolutely. Joey deserves a shutout. 1000%. Schultz with the super chats. Tar looks solid despite very little practice. I was really impressed to much to Tar and, and the way he was able to step in. And you know what? Must have earned the respect of and, and the trust of Dave Hackstall in that one morning skate that he's gotten in because we got to see him, you know, obviously playing with Matty Beniers. That's a big deal up on the first line, right? Uh, got to, got in on three and three overtime. 
I was not expecting that. And then he was also pretty high up in the shootout uh, for the Kraken as well. So he, he made an early impression on us, clearly made a very good early impression on Coach Dave Haxtell, uh to earn that amount of trust that he got. And yeah, 1347 ice time for a guy who was traded, you know, what, 30, not even 36 hours ago. Really, really impressive. He looked really good. Love to have him on board. Light with the super chat here. Six and twelve, uh, six of twelve points on the homestand doesn't sound as good as it ended up being. Only had one bad loss. I don't know if it saves the season, but they had the needed effort. Um, yeah, and well, and it would be what five out of twelve points, I guess, because uh, tonight's the overtime loss. Oh no, we had the overtime loss earlier. Yeah, so six out of twelve points. You're right. Um, doesn't sound as good as it ended up being. Only had one bad loss. It I it kind of saves the season light, right? Like in the sense that what does this make it now for the Kraken? They were two points out. They were they were then three points after yesterday. Uh, I believe now this will probably bring them back to two points back of the wild card spot. Uh, oh, Arizona won earlier, of course. So they're four points back now of a wild card spot. Like I said, it's a really heated contest um, right now. It, it brings you above Edmonton though in the standings. Like they are they're right there and they're hanging in it. It's again, it feels more of like this homestand was a continuation of the whole treading water of, of fair. I that's just kind of what they're doing right now. Is it's a lot of it's a lot of treading water. Uh, another OTL loss, right? Get eight now on the year, which is an incredible number considering you've only played 32 games. A quarter of all your games are ending in overtime losses. Um, but it's one of those things where they are treading water, they're hanging in there. Again, if they if they are able to still use this continue momentum you go win in dallas maybe win in la pick up another win in anaheim you're a thousand percent right there in the wild card spot at that point so they they're still they're definitely hanging in there they i think they did enough on this homestand tammy joey 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 afrotreats joey 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 we could definitely do some afrotreats here for you tammy uh as i get those out i see the super chat here from riley uh, let me go down and uh, find the comment to go with it. Whoop. I think the Dunner was rattled. Evans got to quarterback the power play in crunch time there to tie it. Interesting. That was that is a one way of doing it. Look, we know that the Dundertaker has opinions on things, right? We know that he is of all the guys on this team, he is the one to lose his cool, right? It's it, it's an unfortunate reality. It's part of the Vince Dunn experience is that he is the guy who runs into those situations. Do I think that daddy kind of got to him a little bit early on that play as he was entering into the slot in overtime? Yeah, it looks like daddy gets there a little bit early. It's a tie game in overtime. You can't lose your cool. You can't take a penalty. You just can't like there's a time and a place for that kind of stuff. This goes for Will Borgen earlier, right? It's a tie game. There is a time and a place. And not only that is that there normally a time and a place and you've got to pick and choose when you do these things. Right. And, and, you know, it ultimately, it could end up costing you all of those things. Right. In Borgen's case, it ended up costing the crack in a goal. You play this team again in four days, <laughs> like take the number, go get them two minutes into the next game, right? When it's not going to really affect the team, right? Vince Dunn can go after Drew Doughty in four days. You don't even have to wait like uh, two months before the next time you're going to see him or you're not going to see him again this season, right? You play the same exact team 
on the 20th. <laughs> so I just, I, uh, I, I don't know what Dunn was thinking there other than we know that he can lose his cool in, in situations like that. Um, I do like that, you know, Evan's getting the quarterback, the power play in crunch time there. I like that as being maybe the motivation for Vince Dunn uh, going Dundertake, full on Dundertaker mode there. Um, Riley, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where if you're Vince Dunn and it's, it's a tie game in overtime, the last thing you could be doing is taking a penalty, a retaliatory penalty, right? Because you just, you thought there should have been a penalty and it wasn't called, right? You, you, it's just, it can't happen. And I think the same situation with Will Borgen earlier, the game is close. You are in a spot where your team needs to be picking up points. You're playing a very, very good team, right? A team that is frankly better than you. The last thing you want to be doing is taking and giving them the penalty advantage. And that's what Will Borgen did uh, earlier in the game as well. Thank you for the super chat, Riley. Really appreciate that. And for Tammy, here we go. Got the Afro tree ready. There we go. The, the giant cookies. Yes, yes. Go eat it in frame, Afra. Come on. You know the you know your job. <laughs> uh becca with the super chat i'm happy with this game player transactions seem to have been effective joey is our goalie joey has been playing fantastic right now look he's he's legit he is so legit right now i'm so happy for him after the season he had in coachella valley last year after all of his struggles throughout his career and how long it took for him to get to the nhl and have this opportunity where he can go out there and try to be the number one guy and he is seizing it and he is he is putting up incredible numbers. He is helping out this team massively as they still try to figure out their scoring from time to time. Joey, Joey all day. I, I never stop talking about Joey. Light the super chat. Also, Joey has an above 900 save percentage this season. Don't want to hear nothing about him not earning his role ever again. I, that's what I'm saying. He has silenced the doubters. This is Joey, De like Joey Decord is an NHL goaltender. I think he's he's an NHL goaltender that probably deserves the chance and opportunity to be a starter the way he's playing right now. I mean, he is the Kraken starter with Philip Grubauer out and he has turned in three gems of a game games and they the Kraken absolutely needed it. Right. They're coming off a horrible, horrible losing streak and he has just helped get them points picked up a lot of points in these last couple games right five points in those six in uh, five out of six in those last three starts it's a big big deal big big deal coop with the super chat maybe it's just me but i don't know if that team plays with that much fire and comes back in the third without that hit from borgen i know dylan and rj will say it was dumb but i'll ride with my dogs dunn has no excuse okay we agree on the we agree on the vince dunn one there coop because i know you were in discord and i was in discord with you and we were going back and forth about this and yeah everybody you know feel free to feel free to disagree with me on this one i'm, I'm more than fine with that it's just i like i said i think one, it was a clean hit that Cartier took. It was a big open ice hit, but it was a clean hit. So you don't have to retaliate for that. And Cartier was already bouncing back up off of the ice when when Will Borgen finally got over to him. So he wasn't like banged up or shaken up on the play kind of thing. So it, I wasn't sure that it was absolutely necessary. But you have to know the situation, which is when a big hit like that has been delivered, the refs are looking over there because they got to make sure that Ty Cartier is okay, right? They got to make sure that the player who took the hit is okay. So the refs are staring right at that area of the ice. The last thing you want to then go and do is take an obvious penalty on somebody right where the refs are looking in the middle of a tie game against, again, a team that's 
better than you, right? A team that's up at the top of the standings in your division while you're trying to get back in the wild card chase. Like it, there is a time and a place. I understand. And we've talked a lot this season about the players sticking up for each other, showing that fire, getting the, those competitive juices flowing, all of that great stuff. I've been there. You all know that, right? Me and RJ, both of us, we have been talking about that. That's something the Kraken needed to do more of. The Kraken have done a better job of doing that. I just don't think this was the time and place. Had the play been whistled dead at that point, maybe then you can go in there and rough him up. The other aspect I will bring up on this, he checks him right towards the boards, right? And right towards the benches where it could have easily been a lot worse. This goes back to that Rangers game earlier this season, back in October, right? Remember when Yanni Gord got cross-checked from, was it Adam Fox who did it? From behind, and he went face first, and he missed the bench boards by just a couple inches, right? From that being a really dangerous play. Same situation here with Will Borgen. He checks him right there. And if not for the angle being slightly different, that, that play could have ended up a lot worse than it did. And so that's another element of this that I think just from a player safety standpoint, Will Borgen needs to be a little bit more aware. And again, I'm not trying to argue this. I, I mean, I'm I'm arguing my side of it. I guess I am arguing it. My Twitter handle is literally yelling at the ref, okay? I'm not trying to defend the refs on this one. I'm not trying to say any of that kind of stuff, right? I just think situational awareness would dictate that you don't do that. You wait until later in the game. You wait to see if the score changes later on. Or you wait, like I said earlier, four days, and you go back and you get them at the start of the next game because you have that available to you. That's that's It's there. <laughs> Dave, I think it's time to put Gord on the first line. Thoughts? Well, look, I, I think you don't want to break up the Yanni Gord line. And so Hackstall's doing the next best thing, which is he's treating the Yanni Gord line like it is the first line, right? He's giving them the ice time. Yanni Gord with 1926 time on ice tonight, right? Like that's a lot more than Matty Beniers' 1645. So I think in a lot of ways, Dave, he already has, right? Yanni Gord is on the first line because Gord's line is the first line um, in the way that Hackstall is using them, in the way that he's deploying them, and he's giving them the most time on ice. Again, this the way Hackstall has always kind of managed his lines has been very much um, trying to get the top three lines pretty equal ice time and then just kind of ride whichever line is hot in that game and then he'll go ahead and give them maybe a couple more minutes than the other lines but right now i mean it's it's been a lot of these last couple games you know the last homestand so the last six games it's been the yanni gord line getting the most time on ice at five on five and i i think that that's going to continue given how well that they've been playing so i think you're you're are they, they're already on it dave but thank you for the super chat and then a super chat here from z butler let me go and um find a, a comment here if there is one i mean feel free to throw in a comment here at the at the bottom z butler and i will um i will get you get you I'll I'll read it. Otherwise, thank you very much for the super chat. Really appreciate that. Um, all right. So uh, that looks like I caught up there on the super chats. Then um, let's see. Uh, just waiting to see if I, if I get one in there. Um, otherwise, like I said earlier, Kraken, great job. You picked up the point. You you helped. You know the homestand. The end of it was really solid for you. You were able to get you know 
half the points out of it kind of thing. That's really solid. That's they still need to go on a win streak at some point here. They need to they need to make up some ground for what they've done. Um, but otherwise, Kraken are looking pretty good right now. Still love the way that they're playing. They I thought they did a fantastic job of controlling and limiting what the LA Kings wanted to do, which is a lot harder than. You know, it looks like this is a really skilled and especially it's a really deep L.A. Kings team. They showed that tonight. They, you know, we always talk about the Kraken having three solid line options. That's why Hackstall deploys them all fairly the same. Right. I was just talking about that. L.A. Kings definitely have three solid line options right now. Right. Especially down the middle. When you look at Kopitar, you look at um, Dano, and then you look at uh Pierre Luc Dubois who they brought in this offseason like it's ridiculous and you got Byfield playing well Fiala all those guys I thought the Kraken did an exceptional job of limiting the Kings yes the Kings get 38 shots on goal in this one but not a ton of them seemed especially dangerous right Kraken did a really good job of limiting them to the outside you could tell that the Kings wanted to work inside work into the slot they had a lot of set plays to kind of do that in the offensive zone and they weren't really able to do so so I I want to give a big you know, shout out. We've talked about Joey, but also for the Kraken D in this one because they played really, really solid in the defensive zone. And also the forwards. Forwards did a really good job of coming back and helping out, pitching in, doing a good job of playing towards the middle, which is something that they had struggled with, right? We talked about that a lot. The centers weren't really, you know, coming back and helping out so much in the slot uh, a lot. Uh, when they were on that losing streak and so i want to want to shout out the uh the forwards for also helping out uh on defense on this one and it really showed you you held a team that has been scoring a lot of goals i believe they're top five in the league in goals and you you really held them in this one and i think that's that's really big for the kraken as well um all right we've got uh cliff gordon super chat here tonight still felt like a step forward feel much better than last week the speed and effort was there for the whole game i love done but yes i think we're all gonna feel that way about the about the done situation for, for this one uh but i'm with you cliff like it did feel like a step forward because look last couple games certainly last game right you're playing a blackhawks team that's at the bottom of the standings and we had talked about it on this post game live after that game what are you going to do against the Kings? Because the Kings are a really, really good team. They're a team that's in the top three in the division. They're they're looking pretty solid for the playoffs. RJ and I have talked about it over on the Red Glare podcast, right over on Patreon, that they, they might be a cup favorite for us, right? And so it was how can the crack, how are the Kraken going to stack up given their new style of play, their new way of doing things in the offensive zone? How are they going to look against a team that good, especially because then you got to play them again and you've got Dallas in between another team that is good in a playoff spot, looks pretty solid in a playoff spot. So this was going to be a big test. And I think the Kraken, they passed this first test, right? Like, yes, you lost in a shootout. It was a nine round shootout. Like, that's a coin flip. Right. Kraken brought the Kings to a coin flip and they lost the coin flip, essentially. So I'm 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 ecstatic with how the Kraken have played. I think all the changes that they made, you know, a week ago now, just absolutely perfect. They've they've all been really, really good. So um, I, I think that's that's all been super, super solid. Kraken, they just, they're just looking really good right now. Looking really good. Um, got another super chat here without a comment from Sean here. Uh, let me see. Lars kicking everything off tonight, but could not have worked out any better with those awesome sweatshirt and shirts. Yes. And so I had the choice to make, right? Cause I got the Bjorkstrand Jersey there. I've got the Lars uh, deep V shirt here. I went with the Lars deep V because 
Yorkstrand scores slightly more often than Adam Larson. So I felt like I had to go with this one tonight. It's not often that you get this. But yeah, that's a big, that was, that was huge, right? Kraken have been talking about, we knew that this was a point of emphasis for them, starting off games with a lead, starting off the scoring, being able to build from there, being able to hold on to that lead throughout. And Adam Larson, even though it wasn't the prettiest and it wasn't even a shot, was able to get the Kraken on the board first. And I think that that was a big deal, especially because Kraken were, were struggling to get scoring chances in this one. They struggled a lot through those first two periods. And I'm sure that that's something that kind of threw the Kings a little bit, right? The fact that you allowed a goal and they only had three shots in the first period, right? And you allowed kind of a soft, janky goal at that. So I do think that that was a big deal here. Um, Z Butler, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna have this as your uh, super chat um, comment. Uh, where was the fight in the boys when the dude ran into Joey? That was the time for a retaliation. We need someone to step up in that. Um, yeah, that one. I don't know. It wasn't like a ton of contact. Like I wish I'd seen more of a replay on it. Um, I agree with you. That is the time where you get in people's faces, right? When they kind of run your goaltender. It wasn't like the biggest run of a goaltender I've seen. But when they get in and around your goaltender, that's traditionally when guys step up and they do try to do those things. So I am with you. And I've seen that a lot from people. You're definitely not alone. So I'm with you. That was that was more of a time to do something than when Will Borgen and certainly when Vince Dunn decided to do something. So I'm, I'm 100% with you there. Um, Butler and then super chat here from Chip. I did want to add that win or lose, this is my first game that literally had me on the edge of my seat, screaming at the screen in excitement. Love, love that chip. Yes, this was a really exciting game, really back and forth, really tense. I mean, this is when sports is at its best, when it is back and forth, when it is tense, when the, you are on that emotional roller coaster because nothing else will help you feel as alive as when you are invested in a sporting game, right? It's the ultimate form of reality TV. I say that on here all the time. I don't need to bore you all with it again, but yes, Chip, it was a fantastic game in that regard. And then Cliff, another super chat here. Forgot to say, hit that like button, everyone. Thank you very much. I know we've been, the number's been bouncing down, up and down a lot uh, over here, but over 130 right now. Really appreciate that. And yes, everybody hits the like button. It helps other people find the stream, find us, other Kraken fans. So definitely appreciate the reminder there. All right. I'm going to start going speed run now through chat here. And uh, we'll we'll see what's what's up. Infamous, so close. We were so close. But hey, look, at least we got that point. Brian really wanted that win, but the team is headed in the right direction. Joey is goaltender number one. He is uh, for now, and he, he probably will be for a while, uh, both because of the Grubauer injury, but also because he's just playing so well. I mean, we, we talked a lot about that. Um, seen a lot of stuff about Dunn. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we've talked about the Vince Dunn situation, talked about Joey. So I'm going to skip those comments. Uh, Coop really felt like the refs wanted to stick one to us tonight. Only call we got was when they literally fired the puck out of the rink. Um, I know that that went around. Yeah, I mean, it was a little imbalanced in this one. But also, if you take out the Borgen and Dunn ones, it was it's you're talking about equal, right? Both teams would then have two power play chances. So I, I don't know. I don't. And again, my name is literally yelling at the ref on Twitter. And I, I didn't think it was too, too bad tonight. Um, Nicole, I, I think we could have won it 3-3. Uh, three, three, uh, if Dunn wasn't, uh, let's see. If Dunn isn't suspended, then he's benched. The message has to be sent. Yeah, it could have won it on the three-on-three. Three. Yes, I, sorry. Um, 
yeah, I think there's a good chance. Kraken do really well in three-on-three over time. We know that they were doing a good job of controlling the pace of play here. The Vince Dunn penalty, it killed all the momentum the Kraken had. And then, you know, they did a good job. I, I was going to say they did a good job on the PK, but a lot of that was just the Kings power play looks really bad for a team that is as good as they are. And as deep as they are the Kings power play looked atrocious tonight. Like what were they trying to do? Could, I couldn't for the life of me figure out what they were trying to do on their power play. Despite the fact that they have a bunch of big names, if there's Kings fans in here, you want to explain their power play to me, go for it because I have no idea what they're trying to do. They are far too skilled and they have far too many good players to look as bad on the power play as they look tonight. In my opinion, um, not that I minded because it meant the crack and we're able to stay in the game. Um, Maddie, shots could be more, but overall not a bad game. Again, I, I agree with you. Shots should be maybe a little higher, certainly on, earlier on in the game. But again, this has been um, one of the side effects of the change in offense that the Kraken have made is that they aren't getting the same level of shot volume that they were going for before, but the shots that they're getting are higher quality and they're going in a lot more. So I'll certainly take that. Um, every day of the week uh that's that's certainly good speaking of good stuff we got rj here joining us rj it's a very close game very tense game back and forth all over the place emotions running high what was it like to be in the building and how's the team feeling after this one well i think your last line captured it the best emotions running high and they were certainly running very high in this game especially at the end uh with such a dramatic finish of course the kraken getting a chance on the power play to tie it they convert and then in overtime the the whole vince dunn situation going on the big pk and then the shootout which uh lasted a long time it was a very long shootout yeah. and i mean i think up in the press box we were all just you know kind of on the on the tip of our toes just trying to see what was going on uh how that game would end uh, i think overall you know it's it's a good effort against a very good team and i think that's something the players pointed out that they really liked how they responded to the king's structure and in a game like that, I think you kind of have to just chip away and chip away and chip away uh, until you can just get an opportunity like that on the power play at the end. And Haxtell really credited uh, what the Kraken were able to do in the second half of the third period. He said that penalty, you know, yes, it's a delay of game, but that's no accident. That's a result of putting pressure on the other team and putting them in a position where they have to do something like that. And then the power play comes in and converts. So I think there's a lot of positives you could take away from this game. Then, of course, as I'm sure you've discussed, are the negatives, uh, you know, the undisciplined penalties. And uh, again, I'm sure you talked about this, but yeah. the Vince Dunn situation, which I, I don't know what he was thinking there. Um, it, yeah, maybe it's a missed call on the hook or whatever. But then you go and obviously slash the guy. I don't know how he only got one penalty on that play. I mean, after the play going in and high sticking. I mean, that's just dangerous. You should be getting a call from the league on that one. Um, knowing how the Department of Player Safety operates, I would suspect just a fine, but I think he should be suspended, maybe a game for that one. It's just dangerous and uncalled for. Uh, and then the Will Borgen situation, which you know there was a lot of debate about on Twitter that, that we saw. Um, and Dave Haxtell, I was very curious what his thoughts were on that. And he said there were a couple penalties, there were two penalties in this game that we're going to identify and we're going to have a talk about uh, that we cannot take, that we don't want to take. And he mentioned the done one, and then he, he said, I'm not going to say what the what they are or get into them or anything. So before I could ask, well, is the Borgen one the other one? Uh, he got ahead of me there, but I imagine that's what it was. 
I uh, yeah, I can't think of the other two being ones that you could really work around. <laughs> right. To be perfectly honest, in that regard, yeah, I mean they they were they were just tough situations. I thought the Will Borgen one was also again kind of dangerous, given where you know he's shoving a player towards the boards. There, we remember how scary that was with Yanni Gord against the Rangers earlier this year. Uh, that was uh, a tough one, but yeah, it's just you're talking about in both instances, RJ. It's a tie game. You're giving the other team a power play in a tie game, especially in Dunn's case, in overtime. And you play the team again in four days. Take the number. Get them in four days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, heck, even, even later tonight, there are other ways you can you know, make sure he takes a big hit on the next shift. We're not advocating to just do nothing here, but there are lots of avenues that you have uh, to, to respond to a hit like that that aren't going after the guy retaliating right away where you know you're going to get called. Yeah. Um, all right. So just to finish out the ref talk, because I was just talking about that right before you joined us, RJ, and I've getting some responses here because I thought the refing was, it was maybe a little questionable, but I didn't think it was so bad outside of those. I think if you remove those two kind of obvious penalties that the Kraken took that they shouldn't have, both teams end up with two power plays in this game. It's it's fairly even. Uh, Julia saying the penalty on Riker was pretty BS, though. Edzo on the broadcast was pissed about it. Yeah, he definitely was. Uh, I know Coop's agreeing with that a little bit further down. Um, do you have thoughts on that one? Because I, I, I have some I can talk about if you don't. I, I do. You know what? And it might be an unpopular opinion there. But that penalty is just a situational penalty. You can't put yourself in that situation where the puck goes by you and all of a sudden the other guy comes on with speed. The ref's going to be locked in on that. And if you make any contact, that is going to get called most of the time. I don't have a problem with that call. It happens so often. Yes, I was going to say, it's it's an interference call, basically meaning Riker was interfering with Lazat's ability to go and play the puck. To get to the puck, he has a right to his lane to get to the puck, and Riker gets there before he touches the puck. That's it. Like, it's a pretty black and white call. In the rule book, RJ, right? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, you thought... don't have to haul the guy down. It's just some yeah. contact to not give him his lane. And and he did that. Look, Riker knew he was in trouble there. And he was yeah. trying to kind of toe the line. And, you know, he stepped over the line a little bit. Yeah. I know Kraken uh, Spectacore also uh, disagreeing with us on that one there. So we'll, we'll take it, everybody. Again, reminder, I'm yelling at the ref on Twitter. I'm not normally trying to defend it. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, what did you think about Joey Decord, RJ? Because we've been talking a lot about Joey. He's just been on fire these last three games, RJ. Another gem of a game tonight from him. He just looks like a number one netminder right now. Yeah, he does. This is some of the best goaltending the Kraken have really ever gotten. The stretch from Joey Decord here. Um, and he made all the key clutch saves when it was needed. He doesn't shy away from the big moments either. I mean, it seems like when this team needs him the most, that's when he's at his best. Uh, I mean, only knock on him, I could say, where there were a couple moments he was living a little dangerously and kind of got away with it. There was one playing the puck behind the net where he, he had it taken away from him and, you know, maybe a couple misadventures here and there, but he wasn't burned on it. I thought he looked great. Also, yeah. that's something that the players pointed out, that Hackstall pointed out. Everybody we talked to mentioned how great Joey played tonight. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, as they should. I mean, he totally has earned it. Um Let's see here. Hexel's pretty fair with his assessment. Sadly, they stopped posting the post games from Crack Inspector Gore. Again, they, they do post an edited version of it later. It's just because they take the time to edit that they come out 
a lot later in the in the night. And so it is much shorter though. Night. They'll they'll yeah, pull maybe thirty seconds instead of the full seven or eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um DJ and Tay with the super chat here. I believe the season record for overtime losses is 18 and overtime games is 30. You think we're breaking uh some records this year, RJ? I mean, look, a, a quarter of the Kraken's games so far this season, RJ, have resulted in an OTL. I know. You know, I mean, they're in so many close games. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe they make a run at it if they keep playing like this cuz uh, and, and that's also a result, I think, earlier in the season of playing up or down to whoever their opponent was. Yep. And so it feels like you're in a close game no matter what. You know, if you can escape it and survive it, I think that kind of thing is good for a team. Like if you make the playoffs because you're familiar with those close games and those situations. Um, but you just have to, you know, get the points out of it. And the point system is based to reward you on that. Right. No, it's true. And and it's a, it's a good one you bring up because I do think that this is if the Kraken go back to that and they play kind of up and down like tonight, they obviously played up to the Kings. We'll see, um, you know, maybe the game in Anaheim in a week from now, uh, what, what that game looks like. But yeah, I think the Kraken, for whatever reason, as I think it was Habak earlier who said, you know, you can't out mid us. That's our only thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of where the Kraken just are this year. So maybe, maybe we are. I don't know. But thank you for the super chat there um, for that one. Demirs, I'm cautiously optimistic that the Kraken are getting better and will become a factor before the season is over. Depends on whether Joey conti can continue his good play. I think he's going to um, do to continue it. I don't see a reason for it to stop RJ. Um, I mean, some more stuff on the on the penalty stuff. Coop, I'd like to hear your guys' opinions on Yanni getting hit away from the puck. Uh, and Julia, sure, call interference on Riker, but there also should have been a matching call for embellishment, in my opinion. Um, I, again, I don't remember. Like, was it Grunstrom who went down? I, I didn't see anything was, obvious being here Lizotte. watching it live. Or Lazat. Uh, about him going down that would that would tell it's, me embellishment i don't know what do you think it's it's because he reaches out for the puck so when he the contact's made he goes down but it's i mean he's in some ways he's almost like diving reaching for the puck so like he kind of he puts himself in a bad spot i will say that like lazat does deserve some for this because like i don't know why why he's putting himself in a dangerous spot i don't know why he's doing what he did there he was pretty much like lateral at that point um but yeah i I, I don't know. And look, when it comes to missed calls in other places, that's always going to happen. Specifically with both the Will Borgen one and with this Riker Evans one, as if you're the Kraken player, you have to understand the situation. The puck's there, or in Borgen's case, a big hit just happened there. Like I said earlier, refs are looking to see if that player on the ice is okay. They're staring right where that play happened. You have to understand that those aren't the times that you can get away with something. Those plays happen away from the puck. They happen away from other things happening, which, yes, other teams do against the Kraken, and they get away with it. I, I'm definitely not denying that that doesn't happen. But it's one of those things where if you're the Kraken and you want to start doing that stuff, you just have to understand when the place, when the time and place are to do it. Right. And I think you, you made a good point was on the discord where you're saying it's an art in itself. It's like a game it within is. a game and it's an art and you have to be good at it. Right. And the Kraken, just as they are now, are just not very good at it. But that's something that you can work on and improve. I mean, as for the Gord, you know, hit away from the play, I thought. You know, may, maybe again, it's like borderline interference because the puck was kind of there and it's like a reverse hit type of thing. You know, if I'm the ref, I probably call it, but it's, it's nothing you can really let, you can't let that get in your head over a whole game. Right. I have a question for you though, Dylan, on this stuff because it was part of, you know, the responses I was getting on, on social yeah. media um, talking about, and this was in the context of the Borgen hit, like, you know, the saying the Kings were really taking liberties with the Kraken and they were, um, 
you know, they were kind of bullying the Kraken around in this game. I don't know. I didn't feel that way. Do, do you think that the, cause we've seen that in the past, this season, yeah. we've seen games where teams were absolutely taking liberties with the Kraken and bullying them and the Kraken weren't really responding. This didn't feel that way to me. Do you agree? I, it's, it's one where I think the difference is the Kings are really physically large and strong. And so I don't think they were necessarily going out of their way. Like you look at hits, it's 18 to 14 in favor of the Kings. Like it wasn't like they were going out of their way to play overtly physical. I think a lot of that is just the Kings are stronger. And so when you're seeing two guys go into a corner or go up against the boards for a puck battle, the Kings win it and they kind of win it pretty emphatically because if they're going to be stronger and they're going to push you off the puck, they're going to really push you off the puck. So it looks, it's one of those things where it looks a lot worse than it is, but I think it just has to do with the fact that the Kings are literally just physically larger and stronger than the Kraken. Yeah, no, I think that's probably a, a factor. Certainly they look like a big team. They are a big hockey team in person. Okay. When the shootout happened, RJ, it was like, I'm trying to remember, let me pull up the exact order because it was so funny. It was like, it was like one large guy after another. It goes, it goes, um, so it goes Dubois, who's a big guy, yeah. right? Like he's not little. It goes then to Kempe, who's also pretty big and broad. Kopitar, who's rock solid. Fiala, who's sneaky big. I don't think a lot of people realize. And then Byfield came out and was somehow even bigger than those other guys. And I was like, when does it stop? Does like Godzilla come out next? Like wh how, what is up with this team? And they're all skilled on top of it. It's broken. I don't like it. Yeah. Hey, Kraken could have done the same thing. Larson, Alexiak, Borgen just chose not to. I'm shocked they didn't go with Lars because he scored in this game, RJ. Tatar, game. Tatar hasn't know. been on the team for 30 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, you know what? They they did find some shooters. It's like, again, three for nine, like as Haxtell yeah. was pointing out after the game too. He said he was proud of that, being able to find some goals there. And he was happy with how many goals they were able to score in the shootout. And certainly you look at the mm -hmm. percentages, he should be. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I will get to, to Tar in just a second here, RJ, but we've got another super chat from uh, Crack Inspect Core. This feels much different than last week. Got more swag. And we do have more swag, RJ, right? The Kraken were able to get six points out of 12 on the homestand, which again, the like a oh, box point perfectly mid uh we're doing it right um but it does feel like they have so much momentum joey's playing really well you're getting depth scoring the the top lines look a lot better than they did just because of the change in system and the freedom that they had they have now to create in the offensive zone things do look up for the first time in a long time for this team yeah, and I think it's been about five games in a row now that they've really had the positives that very much outweighed the negatives. And this team, like, look, this game is a game that you do not win, that you're not even close in if you're a fragile team. You take the Kraken from that past road trip and they get blown out in this game. And it's not, yeah. they probably get shut out in this game as well. Uh, this is a different Kraken team. They've figured out the effort issue, the focus issue. You know, they just ran into a really good team tonight. They, they made a couple mistakes and, you know, they've made, they paid for them. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, it's it's just one of those things. Um, all right. Tatar gets gets inserted in the lineup. First off, Jordan Everly. What's the situation there? Day-to-day, uh, the -day, lower body. We don't know a whole lot. Interestingly enough, though, he was on the ice this morning before morning skate. He was out there maybe 40 minutes before morning skate started helping warming, warm Joey up because the goalies always come out there really yeah. early. So he was there and then he left right as morning skate started. Tatar took his place in line rushes. Haxtell says day-to-day, -day, lower body, and he's hoping that it's not, you know, that it's a short-term thing. It sounded like, just kind of trying to read Haxtell's voice, that it's probably a pretty short-term thing. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's good to hear. Um. So it means Tatar then gets inserted onto the Maddie line, right? Right away. I was wondering, you know, ahead of this, RJ, are they going to kind of do what they did with Tolvin in last year, where he'll be around, but they'll keep him scratched, but with the team? And you know, I think it was what six games they waited to, to get Tolvin into the yeah. lineup last season. But then once he was in, he knew all the systems. Everything was good to go. Instead, Tatar gets inserted in the lineup right away tonight. Gets a fair amount of ice time. I thought RJ, and then gets out there three on three overtime i was like wow hacksaw must love this guy yeah he was out there for overtime he was picked in the shootout he was getting power play time during regulation and so hackstall certainly gave him a lot of responsibility there early on and i wonder if you know maybe they would have taken a different approach had eberly been healthy but certainly since he was out of the lineup almost gives you no choice you kind of just have to slot him right in there and see how he does um I, i'm curious what you thought of his game tonight i didn't notice him a whole lot uh, in regulation anyway in this game. Um, but, uh, you know, it's tough. It's it's his first game with a new team. I'm sure you're just trying to simplify things. Also, the Veneers line, like that line, was basically the Kraken's third line tonight. They yes. were playing them as the third line just solidly. It was pretty solid matchups there, at least for the first two periods. It was Dano versus the Gord line, like first line versus first line. It was Kopitar line versus Wenberg line, 2v2. And then the Veneers line got the Dubois line, which is clearly the Kings' third line. So, they kind of played as the third line. He wasn't really put right in the first line, I guess, yeah. you know, technically by ice time. What'd you think of his game though, overall? I'm with you. He he was simplified, but this is also like, he looked like himself, right? Like this is the Tatar that I've watched now for, you know, the last decade. He he skates really well. He knows what he's doing there. I think it it's unfortunate that he gets thrown in right away, right as the Kraken had just gone to a more of a free flowing creative style offensively because that's something where what makes that work is chemistry between the line mates. And he obviously doesn't have much chemistry with the line mates because he's only been on the ice with them once this morning. Uh, so I think that was, you know, he wasn't necessarily put in the best position to succeed in that regard right away, but I still think he's going to be a positive addition to the team. Look, he's a guy who has scored 20 goals in this league, seven times, 19, another and in an injury shortened season that year too. So you can make the argument eight times in his career, he scored 20, goals and this year his shooting percentage because he's only got the one goal rj his shooting percentage is less than half of his career average right like the dude it, it looks like the perfect situation for somebody to have a change of scenery have that shooting percentage regress back up to his career average and he'll be on a 20 goal pace for the kraken over the course of this year so i i think just give him a little bit of time to build some chemistry especially now that that's so important and integral to what the kraken want to be doing offensively He'll be fine. Really excited yeah, to have him agreed. on board. And talked to yeah. him this morning too, and he just seemed really excited to have a restart. And I think he used the re word restart several times. Uh, you know, very, very eager to just have another chance here. Yeah. Um, Daniel, does anyone think the Kings uniforms make them all look like they're 5'2"? Uh, no, I thought they looked like Giants, so clearly I didn't. Yeah, I think so. I, I They make them look big. It reminds me again of those Sutter Kings that were just so big wearing pretty much the same uniforms. Yeah, I do. I do get what you're saying, Daniel, with I think regards to the legs, like the way the, the socks are with the with the pants, it can kind of shorten the leg up a lot on on those guys. Maybe they're like deceptively big. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things where I think also for whatever reason, their shoulders, they look like they're twice as wide as everybody else. RJ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> part of that is because they are they're very strong and big guys. Um, let's see. Uh, still just a, a ton of stuff about the about the 
the officiating and all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, a lot of people pointing out we're, we're on a very different page than the root sports broadcast, RJ and uh, Eddie old check. <laughs> you know, that's, I'm sure that's true, but you know, we, we call it how we see it. Yeah. That's all we can do uh, is, is be honest. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Talking about all the, all the hits away from the puck and all that kind of stuff. Again, it's, it's something, it's a part of the game and it's something that other teams do put emphasis on and it's not something the Kraken put emphasis on right Kraken aren't out there trying to be overtly physical away from the puck is <laughs> that for a tactful yeah. way of saying it RJ <laughs> yeah might be a bit of an understatement but you, you got it yeah uh so there there we go I still think for whatever reason RJ the Kraken really match up well against the Kings right they matched up well against the Kings last year seem to be doing well against them this year I thought they did a really good job despite the fact that they allowed 38 shots on goal and we're allowing a ton of quality stuff right the Kings want to work to the slot that's very evident watching them and the Kraken just didn't let them yeah, there were a lot of low quality pucks from distance that, that came in on Joey Decord tonight. And I think that kind of helps the goalie get into a rhythm as well. And as we've seen with him or, or Philip Grubauer, whoever's been in net, that really helps cracking goalies kind of settle into a game. And also because so much of the game is just based on hard work. The Kings are going to set up in their 1-3-1 and you have to go and just work harder than they do to try and beat that, to try and retrieve pucks uh, and to go get them. It's, it's not the kind of skill like high-end skill-based game you'd see against the team, like say the Oilers that always give the Kraken fits. It's just a, a really hard workman-like type of game. And I think a lot of the guys, especially a guy like Yanni Gord, you know, really gets up for that. Yeah, they do. They, they enjoy those games. Uh, from Stratic here, what are RJ's thoughts on Edward Walter Olchek Jr. calling Riker Garth Evans an NHL player for the next 20 years on the broadcast? Um... Let's see. What 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 is Robert J. Escadosa's thoughts about that? Um, <laughs> I should have done that. You know, I, I think uh, there there might be a little bit. Of, I I don't know that he. What is he? Did he just turn twenty two? Yes. So forty two is pushing it a little bit, but I do think he'll be in this league for a long time. I agree with the spirit of it. I'll say that much. Yes, and I think that's that's very fair. Look, we don't know how nutrition and sports medicine is going to advance over the next twenty years. RJ forty two might be the new thirty eight. That's true, and you know you can you can use hyperbole to great effect. You can paint a picture. I, I think you know that family is is certainly skilled at that. I remember actually before the game. Uh, a couple games ago, there was a little clip with Nick Olchek talking about Riker Evans, and he said, you know, he's only played one NHL game, but it looks like he's played a thousand games. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that that's the kind of thing you're, you're talking about. Definitely. Cameron with the super chat here. Might be too early to ask this. What do we expect from the Kraken this upcoming trade deadline? Sorry, just curious. No need to apologize, Cameron. You're good. I think, look, we've already started to see it, right? With the with the Tatar trade. I mean, is this, first off, RJ, let me just ask you this. Is this Ron Francis even outdoing himself with the whole getting a head start on the deadline thing and getting his business done and then not doing anything at the deadline? This would be early even for him, I feel. It would. I don't think you can classify that so much as a deadline trade. That's a we're struggling. Let's shake things up and add some help a little bit trade or we have some injuries. Let's get some reinforcements trade. As for the deadline, I mean, it entirely depends on where the Kraken are in the standings. And, you know, I'm not trying to have a cop out here, but it's just too early to tell. You know, if they're in a competitive spot, like looking to make the playoffs, they're going to add. If they have another eight game losing streak and they're toward the bottom of the standings, 
they're going to sell. You know, guys like Wenberg and Schultz and, and Everly will probably be gone, but it's just too early to tell. Yeah, uh, you know, we we talk about the Kraken being mid, I guess, Cameron, sorry. They're just too good at kicking this can down the road. Like, we still don't know what boat they're in as far as how competitive they're going to be this year because they just can't stop losing in overtime, RJ, and collecting one point at a time. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I, I truly did not think this would be the, the way the team was going to go this year when we started this. Surprise <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Tammy, I did like the movement on the power play tonight in improvement over our past efforts. I agree with that one, right? Like the power play from the Kraken tonight looked really solid, RJ. Um, as, you know, obviously we talked about that last one. You talked about the last power play a little bit, the one that um, Bjorkstrand was able to score on. I, I liked the fact that they were trying to work the puck down low. Like that's just not something they normally do, but it's like, that's, that's good. It's a better look than what they were doing. <laughs> right. And over this homestand, they've kind of incorporated that into their power play a little bit. And I like the varied looks that we're seeing. Uh, even in the first power play, they didn't score, but they were able to move the puck around the outside and kind of get guys to, um, like the, there was a forward who kind of cut behind the net and tried to sneak back in front of mm -hmm. the net. And I like incorporating those plays. Like those are the kind of things that I've, I've watched this team for a long time. I didn't see before. And so you're not going to see that on film as an opposing coach. It's really unpredictable to go against. I like that kind of stuff. Night and day from the Kings power play early in this one, just such a stagnant one, three, one. It looked like last yeah. year's Kraken power play. Um, I don't know what they were doing there. I mean, they did figure out a power play goal later in the game, but it just seeing the Kraken power play juxtaposed against that. Um, I, I liked what I saw. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I put out like a thing for any Kings fans that happen to be in the crowd, RJ. Like, what does the Kings power play look like? What are they trying to do? Because I don't know. No clue. How do you have that many skilled players and you just don't have like a system for your power play? I, it's kind of very strange to me. Uh, Coop with the super chat here. A little bit sad that all of this is taken away from the literal nastiest shootout move in the history, in history, by our Lord and Savior, Matty B. Beneers. Holy, what a tuck. That was an awesome goal in the shootout. I that was amazing. Um, and you know what? I kind of knew he had that in his bag. I've seen that move from him before uh, in practices or morning skates, just waiting for him to bring that out in the shootout. And and the way he kind of came into the zone, I thought, okay, he's going to try it now. I had my camera ready on it. Um, and it was just a gorgeous goal. No, it was. Thank you for that super chat, Coop, for, for bringing this up because – it's the, like you've been telling us this right through all the shootouts that the Kraken have had when we talked about who should be shooting. You've mentioned that Maddie has this move and it was just when do we see it? And we saw it tonight and it was I mean, it was gnarly. RJ. It thing was awesome to watch. Um, yeah, definitely jealous that you've gotten to see that multiple times because I, I need to go back and really like break down everything that went into it because I was like, whoo, yeah, he's, he's made Philip Grubauer look pretty silly with that move a couple times. I can, I can imagine. I can imagine. It made Cam Talbot look pretty silly tonight about that uh, with that as well. Uh, Edward with the super chat here. LA Kings are like a team of big dudes on NES hockey. That's exactly what they are. <laughs> just like big guys. And then because you can just control them, you know, video game style and, and do those weird little things, you know, where you just know it's going to get you open every time. Right. The little cuts about halfway down the zone. This is literally what they do. Actually, RJ, I'm wondering if this is how Todd McClellan built builds out their whole strategies just by playing old hockey games but they all they all do that little cut where they go they enter the zone they get about halfway in they almost make a 90 degree turn right towards the middle and then back up towards the net 
they get the space and the inside edge every time. Hey, there's a reason it works in the games, right? <laughs> you know, maybe more realistic than we think. This is very true. Good one there, uh, Edward. And then another super chat here from Light. I will say it's kind of poetic that Riker has assists in back-to-back games on the power play, while the Firebirds five-on-four has looked like hot garbage without him. Uh, yeah, it, they haven't really found the replacement for him. But hey, look, this is it's a, it's giving other guys opportunities to grow and develop and all that stuff because look. Riker, I the way he's playing right now, RJ, I gotta imagine he's gonna be sticking around for a while. Yeah, he really should. And you know Dan Biles was probably looking at this and being like, Okay, Riker might not be coming back here anytime yes. soon. You know, who can I coach up to fill this spot and, and kind of make them better than they are right now with that opportunity? So it's the kind of thing I, I think is probably temporary for the Firebirds. You know, they'll they'll probably find somebody to go in and fill those shoes, although it you can't really fill the shoes as well as Riker because he's just a special player. No, he's always been special offensively. We know that about him. But yes, I do think that Bilesman and the rest of that coaching staff are the kind of people that, you know, especially this early on in a season, they're going to see that as an opportunity um, to to get other guys better, like you said. And and I love that about them, right? Like, I just think that that's so special. There's a lot of coaching staffs that wouldn't do that. And so I, I really like that. Um, Jessica with the Yamir Yager comparisons. <laughs> I was talking about him playing uh, potentially 20 years, RJ. Um, so there we go there. Oh, just chat like totally jumped on me, like way back up to the beginning. Apologies. Um, at least nothing happened when Tolvanen ran into the ref. I know it wasn't intentional, but it didn't look great in the moment. Uh, from Ren. Yeah, that one was a little bit of an awkward situation, RJ. Don't see very often. Um, yeah, a couple a couple of refs moments there too. I think Fiala like shot a puck that I know there was some some chat about maybe it was directed at the lines, but I think he was just frustrated and shooting it in the direction he happened to be facing. But you know, a couple moments like that in this one. Do you think the players really know where the linesmen and every and those guys are? Do you think that they just kind of don't like they treat them like they don't exist and because they're, they're focused on them, their team and the other team. So it's like they just don't always. I think so. I, think I mean, that. I get it's at a very different level of hockey. Huge disclaimer. But like, certainly that's kind of how I see it when I play. Like, I only notice them if they're either like in the way or there's something that happens that makes me notice them. Yeah, when they're when they're throwing you in the box, kicking and screaming, right? Um, you notice them then, RJ. Uh, let's see, Habak. Somehow the nine eight win was still more infuriating than this loss. LA Kings versus the Kraken playoff series would reach a historic would be a historic mid moment. Oh, man. it would Could be you- insane! Like the amount of close games, the amount of overtime, it would be nuts. I know there'd be so much overtime and that's where you might play nine or 10 games worth of hockey by the end of it. And it would all be really close. It would, it would start to get really chippy too. As this game went on, mm-hmm. you could see the animosity kind of start to build and there wasn't really enough runway, especially in a close game to get it to boil over. But you know, in a playoff series, it would. I'm trying to remember. Do you remember that ducks Blackhawks series, RJ? Oh yeah. Is that, was that in 2015? Like it would be something like that. Cause that one went to a bunch of overtimes. Maybe it was a little later, 2016, but that one, yeah, that was the Andrew really Shaw little... headbutt series, yes. right? That's the moment yes. I remember more than anything from it. Yes. Uh, but that one, like there was a lot of overtime in that series. It was back and forth. It was a hard fought thing. Both teams left that series really banged up and, and 
bloodied. It was that's that's the first thing that popped into my mind. The idea of thinking of a Kings Kraken playoff series of be that Nicole saying that play uh, Kings v Kraken playoff series would get me to stop watching hockey. Uh, I would definitely say everybody, you know, make sure you got your blood pressure under control. Uh, make sure you you know take the baby aspirins and all that kind of stuff just in case. It would be a lot. Um, hockey fork. Small sample size aside, Riker has a 0.67 point per game versus Vince Dunn's 0.78. That's with Riker having five minutes less time on ice. I'm making the bonkers prediction that he takes Dunn's place up top by the end of the season. I don't know that he'd do it by the end of the season, RJ. Long term, I think you can start maybe having that conversation in a little bit. I will say all along, something that I've talked about anyway was I thought Riker Evans was the future, you know, QB one for the power play units for the Kraken, just because Vince Dunn, he's looked a lot better this year. I will totally tell, give the credit to Vince Dunn for the improvements he's made this year. But historically speaking, Vince Dunn has struggled there. Right. And credit to Vince Dunn for his improvements this year. I yeah. do think Riker, just his skill set, he looks like a more natural power play quarterback, even though I think Vince right now is the better power play quarterback. But of course, Riker's only 22. Over time, that could change. Um, and I, I think his trajectory might actually look fairly similar to Vince Dunn's. Yeah. I mean, it took Dunn a while to really come on and be the true, you know, 60 to 70 point defenseman that, that it looks like he is right now. And he's on a four year contract. You look four years from now, Riker's probably starting to hit his stride there as well and, and might be the replacement. Yeah, exactly. He'll be what? He'll be about Vince Dunn's age at that point. So, yep. yeah. Good, good stuff, Daniel. Anyone else think Todd McClellan looks like Sheldon Keefe's evil twin? <laughs> it's I a classic it. cartoon trope, right? You give the goatee, and then that's the evil twin. Yeah, that's true. He would be the <laughs> evil twin. Certainly, yes. if they were twins, he would be the evil one. It's still interesting to me, RJ, like just having watched Todd McClellan with the Sharks for so many years and everything, right? Not to bring that up, sorry. But uh, it is, it's fascinating to me just the his hair over time because everything about that man has stayed looking exactly the same except his hair went from almost exclusively pepper to now exclusively salt but you saw the progression over the years both in in san jose and then edmonton and now in la it's been kind of fun to watch that but yeah the rest of him just looks the same if you look back yes. to when he was in detroit exact same like you know identical except the hair is just a different color it's the exact same length like all of that it's so it's so funny you can just tell which year it is watching a, a high old highlights just based on what the mix is of his hair <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool <laughs> how many norris trophies are in riker's future all right we're reaching i think uh rampant speculation stuff here rj yeah no while, while kale mccarr is in the league i'm gonna say zero Quinn Hughes and a lot of guys. It's yeah, it's gonna be tough. Um, <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, Dave saying, watch Riker take Dunn's spot uh, last year. Dunn's contract. You could see something like that happen. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, everyone dancing on Dunn's grave like we didn't just give him a bag. He's still our guy. <laughs> Definitely, Coop. I yeah, know it's. I mean, this is getting a little ahead of everything here. Um, <laughs> I hate dance on Dunn's grave, but Dundertaker, you know, just rises up. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, Cliff said, yeah, let's not get confused in this house. We love Vince Dunn. Jessica yeah. Dunn is awesome. All that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Julia, I think that about McClellan every time. So, <laughs> it's, it's Tom McClellan. 
Uh, yeah, I know. Lots of conflicted feelings for you. I know. Uh, Habak, Martin, pointing out, Martin Jones had a 38 safe shutout. There you go. From McClellan to Martin Jones, RJ, your favorite. And, and he got his trademark goal support, too. They won 7 to nothing. I know. So crazy. Uh, Light with a super chat. I think we're going to end it on this one. For those who couldn't watch, Tucker Robertson had a game tonight. Definitely could be a future bottom six guy in a few years. I've been a big fan of his for a long time doing the Kraken prospect chats over on Patreon. Uh, another one coming up this week in addition to your armchair GM chat. In addition to the very next game, RJ, where we're going to be doing our live commentary. So definitely check out the Patreon link in the description below. Um, but yes, I think he he has future bottom six forward written all over him. He's also so good on the PK. I think he's, you know, as we're kind of talking about like everybody who's going to be replacing people on the Kraken roster – he would be the closest guy on the PK to doing what Turbo does, where he gets into those passive la passing lanes. He's super active, but he just really seems to understand, especially as everybody really runs a variation of the one three one now. He really understands and is able to study what the other team's doing and get exactly where he can be the most disruptive to what they're trying to do. That's the thing I loved watching about him in the OHL. I highly doubt that that's gone away now that he's with the firebirds and i suspect it's something that he could bring to the kraken one day too so definitely looking forward to to him uh you have a last thought rj you want to get in before we wrap things up uh, i mean like, it's the end of a homestand and you know what I'm, I'm gonna miss uh i'm gonna miss being here for a little bit next game's on the 29th and then we're in then we're in winter classic territory um yes yeah, and also cool giveaway. I don't know if they announced this already, but like cool giveaway for the next game against the Flyers. He's like winter classic mittens that look really cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I saw I saw him up on the twins earlier after the game and I can't remember having seen them before, but like that's a giveaway item I might like, you know. Yeah. I'll leave them for the fans, but you know, if you're coming to that game on the 29th, uh, you know, get yourself a pair of those mittens. Yeah, no, that does sound really cool. Um I'm looking forward to the fact that after this hard fought uh physical game rj i get to go to that game in four days where these two teams play each other again <laughs> maybe that's, that's right. why you i wanted back them. at it maybe that's yeah, why i wanted them just I to do. wait and save save it for four days because then i could be there to see it <laughs> <laughs> there you go i'm sure you'll see a fun one yeah if it's if last year is any indication oh boy um thanks everybody so much for joining us for this one another huge shout out to flat stick pub again you want energy that's going to match what it's like to be in the building that is the place to go for these games it's, and on top of that you get mini golf you get duffel boards you get all that great stuff too it's it's fantastic place and uh again yeah check out the patreon because we got a very busy week over there coming up as well thank you all so much for joining us and we will see you all next time <laughs>